Hi there and welcome. The First Christian Church podcast ministry features the teaching and preaching of the First Christian Church in downtown Roseburg, Oregon. Here's today's message. So let me give you the message from the Princess Cruise using this little outline, C-A-L-M, because it's easy to remember that, right? Calm. First one is this, celebrate God's goodness. Celebrate God's goodness. Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. He repeats it. I think it's important to realize where the Apostle Paul was when he's writing this letter. I mean, just think of this. It's one of his letters from prison. I mean, think of your own life. How many of you or myself, if we were in prison, that one of the first words out of our mouth would be rejoice in the Lord always? Again, I say rejoice or, or have no anxiety about anything. This is not a person living in luxury. He's in jail for his faith. During this past year and a half, I think some of you have felt maybe you've been in jail or at least imprisoned with shutdowns and quarantines and masks. It's wonderful to be the guest speaker because they don't have to wear one while I'm up here. But Paul makes it clear, both in his language as well as his circumstances, that Christians are to respond differently, even under stress and trial. He says, let all men know your epiicus. The word is translated forbearance or reasonableness or gentleness, or or kindness, or mild-mannered goodness. During our eight-week study at the church, I had even called my Greek professor. He's really old. But but as we talked about this word, epiaikos, we both came to the same conclusion that there is no exact translation or precise translation. I happen to like gentle perseverance. In fact, if you combine all of those words, you, you have the essence of what Paul is describing. And, and quite honestly, the reason we can respond in such a way is because the Lord is at hand. Jesus said he, he would never leave or forsake those who trust Him. So as Christians, we can celebrate God's goodness. At Coquille, we had an elder that almost every time he came to the pulpit, his first words out of his mouth mouth was this, and I think you know the proper response, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. So we can celebrate God's goodness, even in times of difficulty. First of all, we can rejoice that God is in control and not us. It takes faith to give up control of your life to Jesus. The first time I did an instrument landing as a pilot, I was definitely a little anxious. For I had to to let someone else take control not only of my landing, but of my life. I was dependent upon the air traffic controller. 
I had to listen to his voice. Turn right five degrees. Increase your descent. Lower your airspeed. You are on the glide path. I had to pay attention to the voice of the air traffic controller. And a valid question for every Christian is whose voice are you listening to? Quite honestly, this past week, I've heard a lot of voices in our world. I mean, I don't know why you're listening to me. I heard there is an IRS arrest warrant out for me. Uh, you too, huh? Boy, we're in trouble. Uh, I mean, somebody else wants to give me some money if they'll just give me all, or if I'll give them all my account information. I mean, there, there's all kinds of voices that we hear. A couple of years ago, I was helping our daughter with some issues with her motorhome, and I told her about one of her onboard systems, and she said to me, I didn't even know I had that. I said, have you ever read the owner's manual? Folks, this book is our owner's manual, and it reveals God's goodness. There are there is something else it does. For about 10 years, we had a boat over on the Oregon coast, and on that boat we had some navigation charts. And navigation charts tell you two things. It tells you the safe passage through certain waters. But it also tells you the dangers to avoid. And that's exactly what God's Word does in our lives. N.T. Wright, a British theologian, says this concerning the Bible. Picking it up, you need to remind yourself that you hold in your hands not only the most famous book in the world, but one which has extraordinary power to change lives, to change communities, to change the whole world. It's done it before, and it can do it again. You can't do without it, even though many Christians have forgotten what to do with it. Celebrate God's goodness. I, I mean, just, just take a deep breath right now and let it out. It is by God's goodness that you have breath. Remind yourself often of God's amazing grace in Christ. And remember that your past is forgiven, your present has meaning, and your future is secure for all eternity. So celebrate God's goodness. And second, ask for God's help. Notice the text. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In Matthew 7, Jesus says, For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If then you who are evil know, to how, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your heavenly Father, who is in heaven, give good things 
to those who ask him. Now the implication is that the one asking is part of God's family. So ask a loving father with gratitude and thanksgiving in your heart. I have always liked some advice given by Denzel Washington, the Academy Award-winning actor who grew up in a pastor's home. He has publicly stated that he reads his Bible every day and that he strives to consistently get up and speak of what God has done for him. And at one church banquet, this is what he said, give thanks for blessings every day. Every day, embrace gratitude and encourage others. For it is impossible to be grateful and hateful at the same time. And he says, when you go to bed, I pray that you will take your shoes or your slippers and put them way under the bed. So in the morning when you get up, you have to get on your knees to find them. And while you're down there, say thank you to the one who created you. And I would like to add, if you're old as me, give thanks if you can get back up again. Lean on God's promises, number three. Well, let me back up. In other words, what he was saying is count your blessings. Name them one by one. So first, celebrate God's goodness. Ask for God's help. And third, lean on God's promises. Now, Max Lucado had a slightly different outline. He, he, at that point, he, he said, um, leave your concerns with God. I like lean on God's promises. I, I mean, we used to sing an old hymn, leaning on the everlasting arms. One verse declares this, what have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms, safe and secure from all alarms, leaning on the everlasting arms. Do you know what is the most repeated command in Scripture? Fear not. When you lean on the promises of God, fears dissipate. I mean, let me share just a few. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you, even in a pandemic. Slight paraphrase there. For I, be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Or Isaiah 43.3. This is a fascinating verse. You need to memorize this one. I call this the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. Here's what God says in Isaiah 43.3. I am your Savior. I... I would give nations as a ransom for you. And verse 4 tells us why God would do such a thing. Listen close to his reason. Because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. Does that sound a lot like John 3.16? 
I have often mentioned in recent years that I have learned a lot about my Heavenly Father by being a parent. Kay and I have three wonderful children, and I'm not going to go into that, but, but they are different than all others because they are ours. And for no other reason, they are precious in our sight and honored and loved. And that has expanded to two more daughters, one more son, and eight grandchildren. We would do anything to protect those we love. And if you are part of God's family through Jesus Christ, you can count on the promises of God because they are yours if you are His child. Another promise in the same chapter as our text, Paul writes this, And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches in glory. Let me give you one more. If we confess our sins, He is faithful to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So lean on the promises, and when you do, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I am sure that there are millions of people in this world right now who would like to have peace in their life. Peace in the midst of a pandemic. Peace in the midst of cancer. Peace in the midst of war or on the battlefield. And peace in the midst of financial uncertainty or peace, even in the midst of family turmoil. Simply lean on God's promises and rest in His peace, and that will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So celebrate God's goodness, ask for God's help, lean on God's promises, and then lastly, meditate on good things. Finally, brethren, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So calm your troubled spirit and meditate on good things. I spent some time on the internet this past week, and many of the things I read do not fit under any of those categories. Some I thought were humorous, humorous, and I laughed at them, but they were not true, they were not lovely, they were not pure, and they were definitely not gracious. Why do we post things like that on the internet? Kay used to have a little plaque in her kitchen that read, May my words always be sweet and tender, for tomorrow I may have to eat them. Somehow that ended up on my desk. The point is, God's people who call themselves Christian need to focus their minds on what is true and honorable and pure and just and excellent and praiseworthy. Our problem 
Our problem is we have this tendency to, to hang on to negative words and negative thoughts like a dog on a bone. You know, I, I mentioned being a pilot, which I was for a couple of years, three or four years, I guess. And actually, I was a flight instructor. And uh, you have to, as I mentioned, you have to listen to the air traffic controller to do things properly. But here's the truth I want you to understand. You are the air traffic controller of your mind. You tell your brain which thoughts can land. You have to give permission. I mean, let me give you a silly illustration, but, but if I walked, to, walked into uh, a uh, mental institution and a person come running up to me and said, God told me the third person through the door was going to be his son and, and the Messiah, and you were it. Would I believe them? Only if I was as crazy as they were. But the, the point is, you see, I, that, that statement and that comment only has value if I allow it to land in my brain. I mean, just think about it. Think of the implications of that. You tell which thoughts to land in your mind and which thoughts to fly off, to take off. But I said, we tend to, to hang on to the negative thoughts, but we need to practice. And it does take some work to tell those thoughts to take a hike, to fly away, and that we concentrate it on those things that are honorable and pure and good and gracious. For when we do that and let go of the negative, bickering, slandering thoughts, those things that do not encourage others, we will be changed for the better and perhaps encourage others as a bonus. So if you want to remain calm in the midst of turmoil or COVID or war or family struggles or financial woes, Celebrate God's goodness. Ask for God's help. Lean on God's promises and meditate on good things. And we need to do that sometimes, many times a day, to get rid of those negative thoughts, those things that the devil just kind of pounds with. And by the way, the next time Satan brings up some of your past, you remind him of his future. I would like the worship team to come up now, if you would. Anyway, on the Princess Cruise, someone came up to Kay after the message was given and said, I'm so glad I came today. It was life-changing. In fact, he insisted that we go down to the concierge and make an outline of the sermon, because I had no notes at that time. I, and, and because he thought it was so good, he says, you need to make this as an outline and pass it out on the ship, which... The concierge did. And, uh, and so it made a difference in one person's life at least. And, and, and I thought it was a good enough message that I ought to write it down. And uh, so I did. But, uh, but uh, today can be life-changing for you if you acknowledge that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. 
So be obedient in baptism and find a fellowship, a local fellowship of Jesus' followers and follow Jesus together. And he will truly change your life for the better, for today and for all eternity. So if you would like to live dangerously, there's no better place than right here. Because God speaks in this place. As we sing this song, I'm going to have a short prayer. And then, then if, if there's anyone here who just hasn't been following Jesus, needs to turn your life around, there's no better place to start than right here. We invite you to come uh, and, uh, and start having a life that is full of joy. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we give you praise for this day. We thank you for your great gifts. We celebrate your goodness. Father, we ask for your help. Help us to walk in the way that you have chosen for us to follow Jesus. And Lord, as your children, may we lean on your promises. And by doing so, may we just meditate on the good things of your word, the blessings you have brought into our life. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. Lord, I thank you for this place, this congregation that has been so influential through my life, through our life. Guide us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you made a decision for Christ or would like prayer with someone from our church family, we would love to connect with you. You can message us on Facebook by searching Roseburg First Christian Church, or you can email us directly at roseburgfcc at gmail.com. In addition, if you're listening to this message on Apple or Spotify, we invite you to like, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it on social media so others can be blessed as well. God bless you and have a beautiful day.